Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Freedom Talk. I want to open your eyes today to the invisible war that we're in. Yes, we're in war and it's becoming more visible all the time. And I hope what I have to tell you today and what I have to present will open your eyes and make you think again. All right. Hello again. I want to present to you some very important information. Now, as you know, I work for the Epic Times. And one of the things that I've been working on lately is a documentary called The Final War. The documentary was two years in the making, and it comes from a number of sources. You, you've got to watch this film. It's if you, if you only watch one film this year, watch The Final War with host Joshua Phillips. I want to play a little video clip of that, and then I want to read something that I wrote because I'm writing a message as part of my job that's going to go out to emails, uh, I think also be mailed in snail mail, that uh, talks about the urgency of this film and the invisible war that we're in. So let me just... The American people are standing on the edge of a cliff. And this, here we go. I'm a father. Like every dad, I want to see my kids grow and prosper and I'm afraid for their future. This is the most ambitious regime in history. The Epic Times investigation team had studied the CCP for years, but this time, what we uncovered was yielding evidence beyond our imagination. Hide our strength and bide our time. Yes, we're in World War Three now. We are in a world war with the Chinese Communist Party without realizing it. The new Chinese military is the only one being developed anywhere in the world today that is specifically configured to fight the United States of America. China's strategic goal is to make sure that the U.S. has four enemies, and one of them must be a terrorist group. 
It is terrible that CCP has gotten so far along in this 100-year plan, but they've gotten really close to succeeding. Prepare to live in a world where you can be arrested for watching this documentary. Destroying the free world. And your life, your happiness, and your children's future. And a new generation of Americans will be trained to obey the CCP. We must live, you must die. This is straight out of the communist playbook. We are giving up our life's blood so that the Chinese Communist Party can survive and thrive. All right, preview to The Final War, just an exceptional film and very sobering. And I know we tend to want to avoid these things. We want to avoid thinking about things like this that could happen because we already are dealing with a lot of anxiety, having gone through three years of uh, starting with lockdown and all of the prohibitions, our, our society, our world turned upside down. But I want to make a point to you, and that is, that what we went through has been a part of this war. And it was Sun Tzu from China who said, all warfare is based on deception. So you can imagine that when we're up against China, where this uh, philosophy came about, a culture that is, is very much uh, well-versed in the art of deception, uh, you, you have to take this seriously and you have to look deeper than what's on the surface. So of course, I, I work with Chinese expatriates. China has a wonderful, wonderful culture, many, many good people, but the Chinese Communist Party is not among <laughs> the goodness of China. It's really a blight on the country and a blight on the world. Now I wanna read you something that I wrote for the Epic Times, and this is just a portion of something we're gonna send out to a lot of people a message about the movie, and, and uh, I co-wrote this with, with one of my colleagues, but we wrote, uh, we have long said that the greatest threat to the United States and the world is the Chinese Communist Party, or CC, uh, CCP. Now this truth is clearer than ever. Our research presented in this free documentary has uncovered a 100-year plot that the CCP has concocted to defeat America and establish world dominion. This understanding can help prevent you from suffering in the future as a result of their, quote, invisible war, unquote. We believe the film's revelations can prevent Americans from losing their freedoms by strengthening patriots to affect change quickly. And like I said, I hope you all will, will take this very seriously because it's real. It's real. And part of that deception is to um, make what they're doing look like it's unbelievable like it's like it's a conspiracy theory hitler called it the big lie the big lie principle and it's basically that they tell such a big lie that people think oh no it can't that's that's too much nobody's that evil that can't be being done and i'll tell you something katie hobbs bill gates here in arizona not not the microsoft bill gates 
but uh, they're, they're using the big lie principle, whether intentionally or not, just stealing an election right in front of your face and telling you it's, it's not happening. Oh, you know, and they'll, they'll throw ad hominem attacks at Carrie, Carrie Lake. And I, I really very much appreciate what Carrie Lake's doing. Now, Carrie Lake understands the gravity of the situation. I also appreciate that she's hopeful and optimistic. And she looks to her creator, looks to God to stand behind her. And I want to say, I hope that this lawsuit, she's she's um, got a lawsuit that's going to be heard Friday, that kicks off Friday. And the intent is to overturn this election, to overturn this crooked, just train wreck of an election we had here in Arizona. So I'm praying for Carrie. I know a lot of us are. I'm praying for all of us here in Arizona. And Carrie has been amazing and just a, an incredible warrior fighting for your rights. And um, I'll tell you, she's she's a genuine, very kind and loving person. She she has a, a sweet little friendship with um, one of my kids, my my ten year old boy, and it's it's just delightful to watch. So I've I've definitely run into to politicians, uh, famous people, who don't have that kind of warmth. So, Carrie, we're we're pulling for you one hundred percent. I want to shift a little bit because. I've been telling you guys about this court case that I had to endure um, three days, three days, three long days in court over what started as misdemeanor three trespassing. Um, and if you don't know the story that the very short version is, I went with another dad to check in when a father said, they've quarantined my son. They're holding him here. Uh, they've assaulted him. I want to report child abuse. They forced him to wear a mask. He took it off, threw it in the trash. They made him pick it up out of the trash and put it back on. So it's a very familiar story to some of you. But I wanted to use this as an example of this war that's being waged against us. And I want to pull in this article, so famous now, from The Atlantic about declaring amnesty. And it's funny because I was talking to a couple of friends the other day, and they, they didn't know about this. They hadn't heard about this article. So... Um, I, I, I'll admit, I, I was seeing it uh, on um, my social media platforms, and I was just dead set against the idea. Absolutely no am amnesty. We need accountability. And I stand by that. But the article is a little different than I thought, so I'm going to read to you some portions of that. But first, I want to tell you about this so-called judge that I had. So uh, we, we didn't do anything wrong. I'll tell you that right up front. Uh, no crime. <clears throat> Um, talking about something someone might have done or could have done is that doesn't uh, point to a crime. So the whole thing was a circus. We've appealed it. But I wanted to read you an article about this Judge Geraldine Hale. And this is from last year from, let's see, March of 2021, March 9th, 2021. And it's in Tucson.com. And it says the Tucson City Council voted unanimously Tuesday to reappoint Magistrate Geraldine Hale, despite a recommendation from the city magistrate commission that it should avoid doing so. The decision from the mayor, Mayor Regina Romero, a communist uh, mayor, and council was spotlighted after the city magistrate merit selection commission, a review board that both recommends candidates and reviews, reviews the performance of Tucson city court judges made the rare recommendation on February 11th that the city council vote against reappointing Hale to another term with a salary of $112,000 a year. Very rare for this commission to do that. Now, we we have a commission like this to 
hold our government accountable because people should be able to know how well our public servants are performing. Now listen to this, <clears throat> the nature of this commission. The commission said it spoke to more than 35 prosecutors. Man, I didn't even know we had 35 prosecutors in the whole city. 35 prosecutors, public defenders, judges, and defense attorneys from the city and county who spoke against Hale's reappointment, citing what they said was her erratic temperament and lack of basic legal knowledge. Now imagine you're going before a judge and you understand that the law is on your side, but you're told that your judge is going to be of an erratic temperament and has a lack of basic legal knowledge. Hale previously worked for the Pima County Public Defender's Office and Tucson City Council first approved her appointment to city magistrate, magistrate in 2011. So she had 10 years to prove herself. And after almost 10 years of serving as a judge at the Tucson Municipal Court, Judge Hale will receive another four-year term on the bench after her third reappointment by the mayor and council. Man, I'll tell you something. If I got a bad job review like this, do you think I'd be holding my job? <laughs> it's ridiculous. City magistrates must face a review panel in order to retain their position for another term. In order to retain their position. When reviewing Hale's performance, the Magistrate Commission found reports, not just their opinion, but reports of the judge being abusive toward parties and councils, having trouble understanding basic legal principles, and failing to afford due process to defendants who come before her. Wow. Wow. And this is somebody who uh, found me guilty of four misdemeanors and treated me like a felon and sentenced me to 100 days in jail and a $10,000 fine. I would contend that this person shouldn't be working for the people at all. And so we appealed, and I have to raise $15,000. And you can you can see uh, the link tab, go.com slash Kelly. If you'd like to donate even a little bit, I'd really appreciate it. Um, get the word out. Now, I want you to do something. <clears throat> Think of the people in this country right now who are being politically persecuted. Put yourself in their shoes. I'm just one of them. Fortunately, I'm not sitting in an American gulag like some of the people from January 6th are. <clears throat> and yet, this process has been very stressful for my family. And when I say it's war, it's war. It's a different kind of war. And we hope and pray that it never goes hot, that it never involves guns and, and fighting in the street and blood in the streets. But I want to make a point about China because right now the people of China are in massive numbers going out in the street and fighting. Their own government is clubbing them on the head, spraying them with pepper spray, herding people into concentration camps. Uh, and I want you to think about this very, very seriously because we have to stop this before our country gets to that point. And the further we let this go, and the less involved we are, the more we say, oh, well, that's Kelly's problem, or that's Steve Bannon's problem, or, yeah, those J6 people, I, I just don't have time for that. The more we say those things, the more we're putting ourselves in jeopardy, because think of it this way. You can either take a small risk now and face relatively small penalties, or you can wait and watch everything crumble and face the ultimate penalty, which is complete subjugation and loss of your rights. And if we get to that point, freedom can only be regained by blood, if at all.
And I'll tell you something. I don't like being treated like a criminal. I don't like having my face all over the newspaper. It's ridiculous the way they're portraying me. But I would rather spend time in jail than live in a country that's been overcome by China. And make no mistake, look, this is real, guys. This is very real. China wants to subjugate the U.S., destroy the U.S., and become the world's next superpower, and not a benevolent one. And these people who go around bad-mouthing the U.S. and misportraying our history as if we're a bunch of uh, colonial slave drivers, my gosh, wake up. Why don't you go live in China for a while? Of course our country isn't perfect. But like Martin Luther King Jr. called the Constitution, it's the great promissory note. We, we didn't just start a country and then we were perfect. It's taken time and struggle and labor, but this has still been the freest country on earth. And frankly, right now we're going backward because all this woke philosophy, woke agenda is exactly what China wants. And this is exactly what communism looks like in its early stages, dividing society elevating the abnormal, breaking down fences, breaking down traditions. You know, the Epic Time, Times uh, tagline is truth and tradition. And they're fighting to keep the truth alive, to keep traditions alive. And I hope you will go to the epictimes.com and subscribe because they need your support as subscribers. And man, I got to tell you, this is a top-notch organization, and the news is amazing. The doc—they've put out so many documentaries lately. My gosh, what what a what a great organization! But I want to quote G.K. Chesterton, who said, "Before you take down a fence, consider why it was put there in the first place." So we have the left enthusiastically knocking down fences and uh, pulling down monuments and trying to bury and destroy our culture and replace it with something far, far inferior. In fact, they're trying to replace it. Speaking of breaking down walls, the Chinese people are kicking down walls and barriers and partitions, but not good ones, ones that were meant to, to lock them in, to keep them in. So be very, very cautious and get involved. Now, <clears throat> with that said about Judge Hale, I want to tell you, I want to move on a little bit. I'm going to read you a couple of quotes from founders, because you know on this show, we, we love the founders of this country. They were men of uh, extraordinary wisdom and education. And unfortunately, our education system has gone steeply, sharply downhill. And what's being brought in the classrooms is not only um, not going to help people in life, it's, it's, it's destroying kids. It's pushing Agendas that literally ruin children's lives, that are anti-family and anti-tradition. And some traditions are good, and they're there in a, for a purpose because they've been shown over time that they keep peace among people. Are we living in a peaceful time right now? No, we're not. We're living in a time where China is trying to divide and destroy our nation. Now, Samuel Adams said... Uh, and and I'll, I'll interpret this a little bit because, you know, they use some large words, maybe some archaic words, but uh, principius obstrua, which is Latin for resist the first advances. It's a maxim, maxim worth regarding in politics as well as morals. 
And it is more especially to be observed when those who are the most assiduous in their endeavors to alter the civil constitution are not less so in persuading us to go to sleep and dream that we're in a state of perfect security. I know that's a mouthful of words. I love Samuel Adams. But um, basically what he's saying is that those who would like to alter or destroy the Constitution to take your rights are going to be very motivated and they're going to be very motivated to persuade you to go to sleep and dream that you're in a state of perfect security. And we see this, you know, uh, the, the Biden administration will try to placate people. Oh, we did a great thing. We care about all Americans. Well, guess what's happening now? Uh, remember all the free money we got, the, the pandemic relief? Well, now the IRS is going after $600 or more that you may have on your, your Venmo or your Cash App. Um, they're saying that tax returns are going to be significantly less this year for millions of people. Believe me, they're going to take it back and then some. And they've put forward the proposition that they're hiring 87,000 trained IRS agents. And what do you think that's for? Well, it's not to tax the rich. It's to go after you and me because they gave us some money and they want it back. I mean, they operate like, like a mafia. Now, Samuel Adams also said, had the body of this people shown a proper resentment at the time when the proud taskmasters first made their appearance, we should never have seen pensioners multiplying like locusts in Egypt which devoured every green thing. Let me take a commercial break here real quick. Hey guys, I wanna take a quick break to tell you about Freedom Talk Coffee. This is some amazingly good coffee and I'm a little biased because Andrea roasts each batch lovingly for you and you're gonna know that our coffee doesn't go to fund woke agendas. You're actually helping support the work that we do with Freedom Talk to restore American values on the foundation of natural rights to fight for your freedom to restore our country. So we really appreciate if you subscribe monthly, annually, or even make a one-time purchase. <laughs> what, did, what did you put in this coffee? <laughs> coffee plus. All right, some of you know that um, we used to have a great little coffee house called Viva Coffee House, and there's a story there. If you wanna see that story, I've got a video about it on Freedom Talks Rumble. And and I think you can get to that through linktapgo.com slash Kelly pretty easily. But um, we still roast coffee. Andrea roasts the coffee. And man, it's it's really, really good. And it's actually very uh, reasonably priced. And you just go to realfreedomtalk.com, realfreedomtalk.com. It's really easy to find. We also have some other merchandise there. And we very much appreciate you supporting us as we're working to make a living. Uh, we, we have, you know, we have a real commitment to telling the truth, to defending you, to working on, on your behalf. So we appreciate you remembering that. Now back to this quote by Sam Adams. So basically he's saying, there's a proper resentment we need to have toward quote, proud taskmasters. And if we have that proper resentment, we won't see the tax uh, people multiplying by locusts in Egypt and devouring every green thing, as he says. Now, some have criticized this plan by the IRS to go after those $600, the, the side hustles and the part-time gigs, and they've called it governmental overreach. Well, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And, you know, putting lulling people to sleep by the idea of free money, it's not free. Somebody paid for that. And you're, believe me, you're going to pay for it now. The government doesn't give away free money. There is no such thing. So let me move on a bit here. So some of you heard about this article from The Atlantic recently. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. And the subtitle is Let's Focus on the Future and Fix the Problems We Still Need to Solve by Emily Oster. Sounds great, right? Hey, let's let's move on. Let's move forward. It's interesting, this, this approach, because uh, Biden's press secretary recently, when the news about Hunter's, Hunter Biden's laptop and other issues came out, oh, that's old news. That's old news. We need to move on from that. Well, no, we don't. Because as responsible human beings, we hold people accountable. Now, it's interesting because at the end of my sentencing for this trial, my lawyer referred to this article. I had given it to him, and he um, encouraged uh, Judge Hale, said, look, we need to understand that both sides were doing the best they knew and not escalate this, not inflame the situation. And uh, afterwards, speaking to the press about the trial, he said, look, you know, Mr. Walker cares for kids. Um, we were all trying to figure out what was going on. I'll, I'll try to get that interview and play it. But he did a great job on that interview. But apparently the amnesty only goes one way. And that is atrocious because the premise of this article is basically, hey, we didn't know. We did the best we could. And I think in some cases that's valid. But like I said, some of us knew. And some of those people knew, and I'm going to read you portions of that article that point this out. So she says, in April 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks that I had made myself. We had a family hand signal, which the person in front would use if someone was approaching on the trail and we needed to put on our masks. Once when another child got too close to my then four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled at her, social distancing! We're training our kids. And then she says, and I like this honesty, these precautions were totally misguided. In April 2020, no one got the coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. Outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. But the thing is, we didn't know. Well, you should have known. And back early on, I pulled up studies because I was studying this for work and writing about it that sunlight, sunlight effectively neutralizes viruses and often kills them. Think of an egg on a pan. We have UVA, UVB, and UVC rays, and the UVC rays would basically fry the RNA and the DNA in viruses once the sunlight hit them. And yet some of these articles about the efficacy of sunlight, which one article I read called The Great Cleanser, um, The Great uh, Sanitizer, were, were, were taken down. So I've been reflecting on this lack of knowledge thanks to a class I'm co-teaching at Brown University on COVID. We've spent several lectures reliving the first year of the pandemic, discussing the many important choices we had to make under conditions of tremendous uncertainty. Now I contend that there wasn't uncertainty. There was um, a decided effort to hide the certainty of real science. And when they said, follow the science, what they meant was obey us, only pay attention to what we're saying. Now, we had books like Alex Berenson was writing about the 
pandemic and pandemia, how coronavirus hysteria took over our government, our rights and our lives. <clears throat> he was doing that early on and he wasn't right wing at all. I believe he was, let me see. I believe he was a writer for the New York Times. Okay, Alex Berenson covered the drug industry and financial fraud as reporter for the New York Times. And really great journalist. Well, what did they do? They to people who spoke up about the truth. They persecuted them, tried to discredit them. So if you say we were doing the best we could, there was tremendous uncertainty. You weren't listening. And unfortunately, I mean, this lady's teaching a class at Brown University. Doesn't she know about the scientific method that you're supposed to test everything? That theories are meant to be challenged? Some of these choices turned out better than others. To take an example, close to my own work, there is emerging, if not universal, consensus that schools in the U.S. were closed for too long. Yeah, I'd say so. When the suicide rates were reaching historic highs, kids were killing themselves. We were showing that young kids had speech impediments because they couldn't see faces. The health risks of in-school spread were relatively low, whereas the cost of students' well-being and educational pro progress were high. <clears throat> the latest figures on learning loss are alarming. Now that came up in court. The prosecution asked the question of the school, how is remote learning? I mean, how does it affect the education? And they agreed that it has a negative effect. But there's one thing they didn't cover, but let me, let me go on. But in spring and summer 2020, we had only glimmers of information. Reasonable people, people who cared about children and teachers advocated on both sides of the reopening debate. Now I call bull here because we didn't have only glimmers of information. And I'm going to show you that in an article that I wrote in just a minute. An article I wrote early in 2020, by the way. We had a ton of information, but it was suppressed. And it was suppressed by people like this who were filled with misinformation and hysteria. And I'd like to say you should have known better. And there's an old saying, ignorance of the law is no excuse. Well, ignorance of a huge deception like this shouldn't be an excuse. Maybe a mitigating factor if people were sincere. But I said that they talked about the learning loss. But what they didn't talk about in court and what she hasn't talked about in this article, at least yet, is the immense impact on kids socially, on their mental health, on their well-being when you're sent home, when you're isolated. And in the case of the uh, Vail School District here and others, quarantining kids that couldn't wear a mask, creating a two-tiered society, I posit that that was more harmful than the education laws. Another example, when the vaccines came out, we lacked definitive data on the relative efficacies of the Johnson & Johnson shot versus the mRNA options from Pfizer and Moderna. Well, if we didn't have definitive data, why the hell were you pushing them on people? But I'll tell you something. I was studying this as part of my work under one of the nation's top doctors in 2019. We know how they work. We know why they aren't actually vaccines. We know why they're harmful, why they have side effects greater than any vaccine that I'm aware of. The mRNA vaccines have won out, but at the time, many people in public health were neither 
were either neutral or expressed a J&J preference. This misstep wasn't nefarious. It was the result of uncertainty. Oh, yeah, the, the mRNA vaccines have won out. I would completely disagree with this because this author is perpetuating the same type of thinking, which is a lack of thinking. Go do your homework. And right now, I would suggest pay attention to the people who are being shadow banned. Have you not learned your lesson yet? Same people who were critics of school lockdowns. And you're still believing the people who sold you the Kool-Aid in the first place. Obviously, some people intended to mislead and made wildly irresponsible claims. Do you think? Remember when the public health community had to spend a lot of time and resources urging Americans not to inject themselves with bleach? That was bad. Misinformation was and remains a huge problem. But most errors were made by people who were working in earnest for the good of society. Now, don't get me started on the <laughs> injecting yourself with bleach thing, which was a complete corruption of what was actually said. But given the amount of uncertainty, almost every position was taken on every topic. And on every topic, someone was eventually proved right and someone else was proved wrong. Yeah, we call that science. So why did they suppress that process where we'd, we would debate ideas, where we would challenge and test assumptions? Part of it was fear, but I think a lot of it was intentional. Go back to this invisible war with China. All warfare is based on deception. China is a master at misinformation. China is a master at suppressing speech and people who are going to tell you the truth. In some instances, the right people were wrong for the wrong reasons. I'm sorry. In some instances, the right people were right for the wrong reasons. In other instances, they had a prescient understanding of the available information. Well, I did. It was part of my job. I have a deep science background. I'm an experienced scientist. I know how to read the data. I know how to interpret biology. And I was trying to tell people, this isn't good what they're doing right now. And what happened to us? Pima County attacked us, tried to shut us down, put my picture all over town as some anti-masker grandma killer. By the way, I was never anti-mask. I was anti-stupidity but I didn't make anybody feel uncomfortable coming into my business because they chose to wear a mask or not. The people who got it right for whatever reason may want to gloat. What do you mean for whatever reason? It's called critical thinking skills. To those who got it wrong for whatever reason, they may feel defensive and retrench into a position that doesn't accord with the facts. All of this gloating and defensiveness continues to gobble up a lot of social energy and drive the culture wars, especially on the internet. These discussions are heated, unpleasant, and ultimately unproductive. In the face of so much uncertainty, something getting something right had a hefty element of luck. Oh, shut up. It's not luck. Luck. This person calls themselves an academic. There's not a lot of luck in science. There's, there's chance. There's serendipitous discoveries, but luck? I don't think so. And similarly, getting something wrong isn't a moral failing. Well, if in sincerity, it's not. But when you are oppressing and shutting down and suppressing other people because you're so convinced that you're right when you don't know what the hell you're talking about, that is a moral failing. And every 
main thing I've said about this virus from day one has stood the test of time. It's been right all along. I'm not going to gloat. I don't want to gloat over something that's just ruined lives and careers and shut down businesses, mine included. Treating pandemic choices as a scorched earth on which some people racked up more points than others is preventing us from moving forward. No, you know what's preventing us from moving forward is accountability. And I'll tell you right now here in Pima County, we've already got these morons at the county trying to push masks again. We've got Dr. Hines or Scrubs as radio show host Garrett Lewis calls him, going to the meetings with his little mask on. And you're a, you call yourself a doctor. Some people still haven't learned. Some people still either haven't woken up or they want to use this as a power play. And I have my suspicions as to which it is. I did a little poll on our Instagram, Real Freedom Talk Instagram. <clears throat> and I said, pushing these things, the masks, the vaccines, is it because of ignorance or is it because they know, but they have bad intentions? And guess which one got the most votes? It's right. The second one These people have lost our trust. And they, a, a lot of these people on the left want to lock things down again. They like having that control. They like having everyone look at their mask and say, oh, there's a good person. Look at that dirty non-masker over there. We know and we've always known that masks don't do anything unless you're sick. Helps you not sneeze on other people. Fauci himself admitted it. And he said there's, he was not able to name one study that changed his mind on masks. Yes, changed his mind. Because in the beginning, he actually told the truth. Might be one of the few times he did. And said, masks don't really do much at all. They're not effective. In fact, they can give you a false sense of security. But this little man was willing to sell us out for money, for reputation. Little, little man syndrome is what he had. Can't even throw a freaking baseball. Are you going to trust him with your life? <clears throat> We have put these fights aside and declare a pandemic amnesty. Well, who are you? I'll tell you something. I didn't get amnesty in court. And they admitted I didn't do anything. I wasn't, they didn't even file protective orders against me because I wasn't violent. I wasn't hostile. I didn't raise my voice. But they wanted to make an example of me. Why? Because of what I'm doing now, speaking out. Because I'm saying the emperor doesn't have clothes. Because I'm saying they took money to keep pushing these policies on kids when we had all the information in front of us. So don't talk to me about amnesty. How about taking responsibility for your actions? Where's my amnesty? We can leave out the willful purveyors of actual misinformation while forgiving the hard calls that people had no choice but to make with imperfect knowledge. Los Angeles County closed its beaches in the summer of 2020. Ex post facto, this makes no more sense than my family's masked hiking trips. But we need to learn from our mistakes and let them go. Th this is not how we learn from our mistakes. You who are responsible parents know that when your kids do something, okay, if you make a mistake, you drop a glass of juice. Well, let's clean it up. It was an accident. We 